Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their past. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game fun, special, and memorable to our guest as we will about uh, as we will dive into the context of how and when they created this meaningful connection, whether it be for the first time, whether it's been something very they've revisited uh we'll have to see what our guest has in store for us today a little bit of housekeeping up top is there's a few ways you can support the show uh the first and uh most meaningful way you can do that is checking us out on patreon we're over at patreon.com super npc radio and that's npc like non-player character and there we have a ton of bonus video game content for you from not only myself and call me by your game but from other video game podcasts that are on the network as well, like Video Games a Comedy Show, Inside Video Games Classic with July Diaz, and The Reactivators, uh, there's a bunch of bonus stuff there. Uh, we're talking bonus podcasts like Games Clubs. We just did covered the Metal Gear Solid series and the Donkey Kong series. That's available there if you subscribe, as well as a monthly Call Me By Your Game co-op episode where I sit down with a group of people to talk to them about a meaningful game to uh, to a panel instead of this uh, wonderful uh, one-on-one interview that we're getting today. So yeah, if you want to hear uh, more, and truly there's just like a treasure trove of stuff up there, hundreds and hundreds of episodes and hours for you to check out, that's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games or the game we're talking about today. And it's one of the most popular ones that was ever made. So there's a chance. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a five-star review and it's it's polite, respectful, it's fun, you tell us what you like about the show, I'll even read it. Um, and if you leave a review somewhere else like Spotify, let me know you did that and I'd be happy to shout you out. I just can't see those. Uh, those aren't listed publicly. And lastly, you can check us out on social media. We're on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod, and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But there's just one Y in the Twitter address, so it's B Y O U R. And there, every week, you can see what episodes we have coming out, uh, who our wonderful guests are, and how to support them, and even check out the cute art that I make for each and every episode. But that'll do it for the housekeeping, and I'll finally introduce our guest for the episode. So please welcome to the microphone, Nicole Viella. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome, my friend. Uh, I'm excited to hear from you today and to have you on. Um, Nicole, you and I know each other, uh, as I, we know the majority of the guests f- who end up being on this podcast through the Los Angeles uh, improv community, namely of the indie variety, but we all we do stuff all around. Um, I definitely – I don't remember – like first getting to like exchange names with you or meet you. But I, I'm certain that I first saw you at like at a mock improv and remember yeah. thinking you were really funny. Uh, and then I, I want to say we ended up like maybe in like my early days when I was just guesting and, and, you know, getting to know people, I would get put on your teams a lot and was always really grateful because you're very inclusive uh, and very, just such a fun team player. Um but that's – I don't know if you have a more specific memory, but that's where, where – what my brain can hold at this point. Yeah. I um, – when it comes to like the comedy scene uh, and my history and experience with it, <laughs> it all just blended together because I was doing like, like four shows a week at yes. one point and like some that I hosted, some that I were just guesting on and uh, some – 
like, or when I wasn't doing shows, maybe I would go see other people's shows. And, uh, so I don't know specifically when we met or even have the earliest memory of, of like us interacting together. All I know is that you were 100% there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You were like, you were, you're, you like were an anchor in all of my comedy experience here. So yeah, I'm just happy to know you and that I've gotten to play with you for all these years. It's it's awesome. (laughs) That makes two of us, my friend. Yeah. It's so funny. Like there's some people or like moments that are so easy to remember specifically, but so, so many people for me, the majority is just like, yeah, we were around each other and then we were friendly and that's kind of how this all happened. But yeah, we've done, I mean, mock is constantly brought up on the show because there's so many of us who have done, uh, who, <laughs> who, who are also like video games or who have played a game in their life that they've been willing to come and talk. So um, the listener's not unfamiliar with this uh, heralded, uh, long-running mock improv show, but yeah, that's where I love that that mock exists outside of mock. Yes. I don't know that other people might know mock because it's it's such an insular like experience, like just a tight knit family. Definitely, that I, it's wild to me that it exists outside of us. Yes, we'll have uh, historical evidence, which is at least brought up a million times on this podcast. That way, in the <laughs> history, you know, someone is writing the history books of the future. Uh, they'll be able to just point back and, and reference, be like, see, it existed. I told you it did. Um, anyway. <laughs> this was important. Yes, very important. And oh, if we could just go down the list of host bits, uh, they would know even further <laughs> how important it was. Um, so that's how we know each other, how we became familiar over the years. Uh, but what do you want to share with the listener that we haven't already talked about regarding yourself? Who are you? What do you do? What do you want to tell us today? Um, let's see. I am um, born and raised in Los Angeles. I'm <laughs> I'm just going to give you my basic demographics. Oh, uh, I love this. I'm a woman in her early 30s uh works in the entertainment industry for the most part. Um I have worked my entire life doing social videos and uh stuff for like celebrities or companies like Facebooks and Instagrams and now TikTok. TikTok's mainly the thing that I'm like the realm that I'm working in. Oh, wow. Um, But there was like one particular area in terms of like social video that I enjoy working in a lot. And that's kind of just nostalgia. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like kind of hearkening back to like old pop culture media that we used to consume. Yes. Um, And it's just fun, like digging up stuff that I haven't thought about in over a decade and like reminding the world that it exists. Yes. uh, It'll probably be no surprise to know that's like a lot of what this show like rides on is nostalgia. (laughs) That's the whole, it's it's kind of the thing here. So I, that's very near and dear to my heart. And I love doing that even outside of video games too. So hearing you, talk about your enjoyment of and I'm just like oh yeah when you can connect two of like of your brain cells or synapses or whatever the science scientific term would be that have not connected for how many years <laughs> it's I don't know how to describe that feeling but it's it's like go, digging through your childhood like a tub of childhood toys and being like yeah I, I remember five of these but where did these come from Yeah. Oh, I love finding boxes of old stuff. Yeah. Like, even if it's stuff that I haven't seen in like just a couple of years, but I, I'm like a hoarder. It's a problem, (laughs) but I, I love just like finding some stuff that I haven't thought about in a while. And like, 
I guess it's kind of similar to that scene in Ratatouille when the the food critic like eats the Ratatouille and he like flashes back to his childhood. Yes. It's kind of like that where I'm like, oh, I remember where I had these McDonald's uh, action figures from, (laughs) um, what was it called? Do you remember in Kablam? Like there was that cartoon Kablam. Yes. And they had that one action figure toy show. Yes, absolutely. I don't remember remember what what the name was, but they were like all sorts of different types of figures that they used for this, I think. Yeah, and they would like frame them as like superheroes, but then like have them get flushed down the toilet or something like that. (laughs) Um, And like, oh, the one line I remember from that was like, with Meltman, the power to melt. (laughs) Just, and it was just like an action figure that was clearly like uh, taken, put in the microwave or something like that. Yes. Well, McDonald's had a line of those, and I had all of them, and I found them recently, and I suddenly flashed back to when I would just like, hang out in my backyard playing with them for hours. Wow. Uh, just like in like the plants and stuff and just uh, just enjoying. I love that feeling. Just remembering like when I had nothing to do and so I made do with the nothing I had. Yes. Uh, gosh. Yeah, I love that. And that that is such a great specific pull you just had of those Kablam toys. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure people now would like want those so bad um, because I'm sure they either love the show or – Got the same toys at McDonald's and haven't seen them in years. Um, that's really great. Um, was there anything you know about yourself that you didn't get to share that you that you want to before we keep moving? Um. Oh, I mean, like you can. I I, I don't know if you do plugs at the end. Oh, Not we do really them have. all <laughs> over. So feel free. All right. So get ready for me to plug all these things multiple times. Please. Then I guess. <laughs> um, but all these things, I don't really have that much to plug but uh you could follow me on instagram and tiktok at itchy brained uh that's itchy brain and then ed at the end um and you can't follow me on twitter right now because i i deactivated it there we go (laughs) Um, but maybe in the future who's to say yeah who who knows where that storied platform (laughs) is heading it could be something amazing um, and yeah, I try to say funny things and make funny videos. Um, so if this podcast makes you think, wow, I want to see her, uh, do other things again, go follow me on those things and you can see what I'm up to. <laughs> I love it. And I'm sure every single listener is going to be having that instinct. So yeah, I'll put links in the show notes for everything you just referenced. Uh, or And if you think of anything throughout or at the end, feel free to toss it out there and we'll do that too. Um, but thank you for sharing about yourself. Um, before we get into your general history with video games, would you please introduce the game that you've brought on for the main event today? Yeah, um, we will be playing uh, the classic, I I don't know if it was EA when it first came out, I think it was Electronic Arts, but also Maxis at slash uh, Genius Will Wright's game, the first in the franchise, The Sims. I'm very excited. Uh, As I told you when we were texting about um, a, a game of choice that we two and a half years ago had our mutual friend Liz Adams on the show to talk about, she talked about... Just the her journey with the franchise in general, which we mm-hmm. almost never do. I, I really try to get someone to pick like a specific game from a time, but this it was a really fun exercise in, in talking about the whole series. Anyway, really pumped to hear from you about uh, about the first game <laughs> in the series. But yeah, let's 
before we do that, let's hear about your general uh, history with games, period. Do you remember like the first time you played a game or took an interest in one at a certain point in your life at all? Um, let's see. I, I know that the first, I remember my first game system. Ooh. Like, and I think it was the Nintendo Entertainment System. Nice. And like, and I did, I personally didn't play that one that much. I think it was my um, cousin who was living with my family at the time. Like he, it was his, mm. but like that was the first one I remember playing. Yeah. Um, and then the Super Nintendo came out and my brother like really wanted that. But uh, I think the first game it was that I played was, um, I think Mario Paint. Oh my gosh! No way. Yes, that's a that's a Super Nintendo like creative game. Yeah, I loved Mario Paint. I loved like just yeah, painting, making images with it, um, and it may have set me on a track for the like for for my life that, as a creative. Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, kind of in good ways and bad. And, like, I, I don't know if I would call it bad ways. I'd call it humorous yes. in, in what it resulted in. But um, do you remember there was, like, a music little maker in that game? Definitely, yeah. Um, where, like, they had, like, the music, uh, like, notation graph mm -hmm. um, on it. And, like, you can put, like, little stars on it. And it would, like, play as if it was notes. Yes, um, on a music sheet. Um, so I was playing with that for a while and I loved it. And then one day I saw that they had like built in songs in it. Yes. Just like to demonstrate what it could do. So I picked one and I played it and it was like beautiful. Um, <laughs> like I loved it. And I was so excited by, about it. I called my mom and my dad like to <laughs> the Nintendo, uh, to the Super Nintendo. And I was like, you need to look at this. This is so cool. And I played it and they were like kind of in awe. And oh. I think I didn't exactly explain that this was made oh. like it came with the game. <laughs> and they thought that I made it. Oh, my and gosh. I, I didn't correct them. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. And this set me on the course of taking so many music lessons <laughs> I took piano oh, lessons. Yes. I took guitar lessons. There, um, for the listener at home, this is a, obviously an audio medium. There's, a, I see th at least three instruments behind you currently. I don't know if those are yours, but they're not. <laughs> One of them. Okay, no, no. The bass, the bass guitar is mine, um, okay. and that was an aspirational purchase during the pandemic. And nice. I think I've held it three times, fiddling hey, around still with it. Yeah. Uh, the ukulele, I play a lot, and I like that. But uh, the the bass, I am still aspirationally believing that in a couple years, I'm going to be in a band and yes. be the cool bass player in a band. Your parents would be like, well, I believe um, it. Yeah. No, they would have been like, well, we knew this was going to happen. It just took uh, 25 years to get there. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. I... I um, Music is, I, it didn't come to me naturally, so I, uh, it was hard. All those music lessons were hard, and I have Mario Paint to thank. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that, oh, that's kind man. of like 
the most visual memory that I have of like the first game that I played. Yeah. Um, and for the most part, like I was kind of a backseat gamer. Yeah. Uh, cause my brother, my little brother played all the video games. He's the video gamer in the family. And I would just kind of be in his room with him, like watching him play and just kind of like telling him like, you should do that and this. And he, yes. I don't think he liked it, but I did it <laughs> cause I'm older and I'm allowed. Yeah. There, there's a little, uh, yeah. you still have some ownership, even if you don't have the controller in your hand. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a t- it could be a team effort. And plus, I mean, that can be a very helpful way uh, not to, you know, revisionist history, this interaction for you two, uh, but to, he, you know, you might have a respect if he doesn't uh, in, a, in a game or looking at a puzzle. So who's to say that wasn't exactly what he needed? Yeah, well, I, um, I still do the exact same thing. Like, uh, I don't know. So I just bought, like literally last week, bought the Switch. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I have Breath of the Wild on nice, it. Nice, yes. Um, like, Black Friday deals were great, so I was like, I, I it's time for me to treat myself and get back into video gaming full-time outside of, I have The Sims 4, but yes. uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, I want to play art again, and yeah. Breath of the Wild does that, but um, my boyfriend, like, he, he's been playing it because, uh, like he's had kind of this week free um, when I'm, I still have like stuff to do here and there, but he's mainly been playing it and I would also watch him play it. And I would be the whole time I'd be like, no, you have to do this. And like, like put a frozen block there and like, you have to jump from this angle. So I'm just uh, from, uh, from childhood to now, I'm still enjoying backseat gaming it's fun (laughs) i love that and i'm so excited for you uh embarking on this new journey especially with that game but the switch has so much fun uh in store but that game was it's it's i'm it's i'm kind of for whatever reason excited you're starting with that because it was like the launch title when it first came out um and just blew the blew the socks off me and many others so i hope that ends up being fun um so that's pretty much been your like you've been more of a backseat gamer throughout your life is what you were saying as well. Yeah. And it's cause, um, I mean, like I do play video games. Like, like I, like when I was growing up, like I would like, like actually play them myself, but I had the habit of, um, never advancing in video games and not because I wasn't good at it. Um, it was because, like, the stress of the story kind of, like, gave me anxiety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, like, all a lot of video games, I would just kind of end up kicking it in the tutorial level. Yes. Just hanging out, like... Um, no expectations there. there. Yeah. Uh, oh, like the, the one I remember doing that the most with was, uh, the first kingdom hearts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That tutorial level was on a very beautiful beach. Yes. Um, before any of the main events happened and it was just like telling you, Hey, you can like get this item this way. And like, here's how you swing a stick around, which will eventually be your sword. And I was like, this is great. I don't know why anyone would want to leave this because then it's all work from here on out. (laughs) Work and stress and there's bad guys. Uh, Yeah. There is – there's something to that though, especially I've only played a little bit of that first game 
in the series at all and yeah that is a really nice serene little like beachy island that they have there so i can't blame you yeah it's um it's what like made me realize that there's a certain type of game that i like Mm -hmm. and um i think the sims kind of like fits that we'll get more into that later but uh but there's the concept of cozy games oh yeah it's something I only like learn about in the last year or so, but it's just like games that's like kind of not that stressful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you're just hanging out and in, enjoying the environment. Like Breath of the Wild so far has been great about that. There is like combat and story, but like you can kind of just chill out and catch butterflies all day if you want to, which is which <laughs> yeah, it's a nice option. Uh, that that's so. F- so I love all these interesting details that we're getting. And that's what I means so much of the fun of having someone on the show is I never know what their experience is going to be from the past. <laughs> so it, it's so entertaining. Um, did you end up playing? We're going to get into the sim stuff, but did you play that on the you had to have played that on the computer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that have... was, I think. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go for it. Um, that was. Like the first game that I played on the computer and kind of like only the only game I, I, my brother had World of Warcraft on his computer mm-hmm. uh, when that came out yes. and um, I would occasionally like be like, hey, can I play on it for a while? So I would play a little bit of World of Warcraft doing the same thing where I'm like, I'm not accomplishing any goals yes. or anything. I'm just hanging out. Are you like creating um, a character and living around a little bit? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of one of the only games I had on the computer. Everything else okay. was mostly uh, on some other system okay. and somebody else bought it. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, that, that answered my question because I was going to be like, well, what other games did you play on the PC? But that um, that helps set me on to a new course of question that I want to ask you, which um, can you think, you know, between this uh, childhood portion of get, of first playing games in, you know, in your different ways uh, up until this point in your life, have there been any other games uh, that stick out to you that you've gotten to play with or watch someone play? Uh, I'd just love to hear if any are top of mind. Um, Let's see. I... I... Well, I'm like a super casual gamer. Yes. So I played a lot of games on my phone. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, there's the Angry Birds and uh, all the Bejeweled or whatever. I don't know. Um, uh, Right now, like right before I got the Switch, the game that I'm currently like playing on my phone is called Pun Ball, (laughs) where it's just you're shooting a bunch of it's it's a brick breaker, essentially. Oh, Uh, but the the bricks are monsters (laughs) that you have to like hit with a bunch of balls and stuff like that. And like. I don't know. It's just kind of like a great way to pass the time when I don't want to be scrolling through social media necessarily. Totally. Um, is there any, um, anything yeah. pun related in the game? No, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like I don't know why it's called pun ball, but it is. And or if there is, I have not been paying attention. Yes, that's so, that's so I haven't funny. Seen one pun. <laughs> Um, um, and then the thing that made me like want to get the switch was I had. Harvest, not Harvest Moon. Well, the Harvest Moon was a game that I loved playing, but um, mm. uh, Stardew Valley. Yeah. I had that on my phone, and that, that was like kind of the most, like, instead of just a mindless game, it was 
it had some sort of structure and story to it. Yes. Um, that was like the game that like I played through a bunch on my phone and then I was like, I should get a switch. Um, and yep. I should just like kind of like expand my world a little bit. Let's do it. Oh, Stardew Valley, a very good gateway game for, uh, for people. Uh, that's one that I've, I've mentioned this multiple times, but I'm still holding for like a rainy day because I want to play that game very badly, but I just need to be kind of like, I don't know if and you, I got, I'm doing a little of assuming here. I assume you like television, the, the art of television. Mm hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do this weird. I'll do this weird thing where, with certain shows, I anticipate that I will enjoy them. So, but I kind of, it's got to be like the right moment. Like I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to watch Veep yet. I want to really give it its day in the sun, and then I finally will, and I'll adore it. Stardew Valley is definitely one of those um, where I'm like, just sort of waiting for the right time to play it but i'm i'm excited do you still have it have you been tinkering on your phone lately with that oh yeah i still have it on my phone um i will occasionally like start a new save file yes. so i can just like start it all over again and um it's very fun i've romanced every single romanceable character nice in the whole thing i've made everybody get to 10 hearts with me like all the villagers and stuff i've expanded my farm as much as you can i've earned as much money as you can You've done and it. uh oh yeah i uh well on the phone um like they have the game but there's apparently on like console you can get there it's just slightly expanded a little bit oh. more and they're they'll update it more in the future um, oh, cool. without having to pay anymore. But uh, I think like they they're on, for the phone. They're like we're we've we've hit the max. We're, yes, we're good here. <laughs> um, very cool. There's um, I'll have a as I told you earlier a game recommendation segment at the end, and this is less of a recommendation and more of something for you to look forward to. Uh, but the creator of that game, which is just almost entirely one person, I want to say, um. Who, who made who created and made everything about that game has a new game that's been announced but there's no date specific for it yet but it, it's called like the great chocolatier and I, it, it's speculated to be about like making candy and chocolate and that sort of thing so different style game than stardew but i don't know could be really interesting so i just wanted to put it on your radar Oh, I am. Uh, yeah, no, I'm into it. I'm excited about that. I, I had someone who like two and a half years ago, very early on the show um, and during the Liz Adams era came came on as well. <laughs> and she actually talked about her relationship with uh, Stardew Valley, but also Harvest Moon and how those mm -hmm. were sort of uh, linked together. But the day that this game got announced, she texted me and was like, did you see what got announced? And was really excited. Um I have one uh, – I've got a couple more video game questions for you uh, before we take our break. The first of which is have you ever been – have you been someone who likes to play like group video games, whether it's like Mario Kart, Mario Party, any, anything like that? I'd love to hear if you have. Um, yeah, I like – I played Mario Party. I played Super Smash Brothers uh, or Bros. Well, I, we, lo I, we love I when it's fully set out. <laughs> okay, thank you. Good. Um, uh, Super Smash Bros. Brothers uh, Brawl <laughs> was a uh, was like kind of the the big one. I always played Samus. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and 
Uh, okay, so back to like the me wanting to just kind of chill and hang out in a video game. Uh-huh. Um, a thing that I loved doing um, in Mario Kart, like the 64 specifically, yes. and also I think in, yeah, I did in Donkey Kong 64, the Ooh. multiplayer option of that yes. game was I would uh, make everybody, if it was my sister and or my brother and maybe a cousin or anybody, I would make everybody ignore the race or yes. the fight part of the game and go like find like places to hang out on the map. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would go off-roading on, the best place to do that in Mario Kart 64 was at Peach's Castle because you can like go off-road and like it, you won't get taken back to the track. Oh, nice. You can just like explore kind of the castle grounds and stuff like that. Um, in Diddy Kong, I would... Essentially, uh, not Diddy Kong, Donkey Kong. I would essentially play house. Um, I would be like, all right, this is where uh, I sleep every day. Uh, This is the kitchen over here. (laughs) Um, So I would make I would make people play group games in ways that weren't necessarily intended by the game. Yes, that's so funny and charming to hear. And because I know both <laughs> of those games very well and I can imagine especially in the Donkey Kong one, it's like a shooter multiplayer game. So mm-hmm. you're just probably finding like little nooks and crannies to hang out in. Um yeah. that being the and case. And like glitches that I don't think anyone even really were aware of. Like you can glitch into a wall and there's a whole other room there, like a back room. <laughs> Oh my god. In gosh. one of the Donkey Kong games. Yeah. That's... You just like you had to like move in a right way, but I would be like, this is my secret hideout. This is my like clubhouse. Oh my gosh. Well, I've got I'm gonna I am on the fly gonna make two recommendations for you if you ever get the chance. Is that um there was did you ever play uh Diddy Kong Racing on the Nintendo 64? Yes. Yeah. Now that seems like a game ripe for the stuff you're describing now is like because there's so many maps and areas you can just hang out in. Um well, it sounds like you played it, so I don't need to recommend it, but it's there for you. <laughs> and the other... Well, uh, do they re-release it? No, it's... All, well, they did sort... Yes and no. They did re-release it on the Nintendo DS in like the late 2000s, but it's not on the Switch. Because uh, the the Nintendo Switch, you might have already discovered, has uh, like online packages for the old Nintendo consoles. There is one for yeah. the 64 which is part of the expansion, but they don't have that game yet or Donkey Kong 64, mm. but I think they will arrive at someday. Okay. I still have my, my Nintendo 64. Oh, no, we're uh, talking. So like, yeah, so maybe I'll just shell out the, or, the 15 bucks for- Hey, ooh. if you ever want to borrow Diddy Kong Racing uh, or Donkey Kong 64, if you don't have either of those, let me know because I've got them uh, like a literal arm's reach away down here. So just let me know. Hell yeah. Okay, yes. I will hit you up on that. <laughs> um, the last thing I have to recommend to you, is, which is, uh, there's a game called Sonic Adventure 2, which is for the Nintendo GameCube, and there's a whole feature or, like, area in this game where you are just raising these little creatures called Chows, and I it's so... Love do you know this? that game. Oh, I, um, yes. So that was, that was one of the ones where I would watch my brother play. Yeah. And then um and then when it came to the chow garden, I would be like, "Okay, I'm taking over." Yes. <laughs> and then I would end up playing it like that way longer than he was playing any other part of the game. That game that part of that game is still really well revered, but that 
aspect of the game too is something that people are constantly pointing to of like i loved the chows the chow garden it was so cute and cozy and i love that you could like from what i remembered was like depending on your behavior as like a character or i think how you interacted with the chows they would develop different like features and stuff like that mm-hmm Gosh. Yeah, they like one would kind of like be a little angelic, the yeah. other one would uh, like be a little devilish. Um, speaking of glitching into secret areas of of maps, that one I played enough to where I also found like a way to glitch out of the <laughs> the chaos garden and kind of be running around in the sky. Oh my gosh! Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, you know, now before we you know go ahead and take our break and then eventually get into all things The Sims. Was there anything about your history with video games or like a game you didn't get to talk about that you'd like to before we move on? Um, There's this like, I don't know, there's this concept that I really want to talk about when, in terms of video games. Yeah. Uh, do you know the the concept of, of liminality or liminal spaces? It sounds familiar, but not off the top of my head. Okay, so it's kind of like a popular aesthetic online at the moment, but what it means is um, liminal spaces are spaces that exist in a transitional period. Mm -hmm. um, and So like an example would be uh, being at the mall at 4 a.m. before it opens oh. or like a being at a school in the middle of the night or in the middle of summer. So it's just like places that are in a transitional space that that exists outside of what you would normally see them. Yes, okay. Um, and I think the best way to really demonstrate or the best example of a liminal space exists in video games hmm. where um, like there is maybe a story mode, but like if you are like able to go back um, and like not, so like for me, like not continuing the story, but like, if in Kingdoms Hearts, Kingdom Hearts, you were like levels and levels ahead, but you went back to the first one and like all the things are triggered already. So like there's nothing new to learn from there. Yeah. It's just it's a space that's already served its purpose and it just doesn't it exist for like you. It's like a back room. Yeah. Um, and I just uh, I want to talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's just like a super weird and cool space like to exist to exist that video games accomplish really well or yeah. and it's unintentional too totally it's that's a very fascinating uh like topic of discussion uh and yeah video games it's so funny that that's like a such a fun example or that, that like you're like fascinated by that fun example because yeah, it is like we're used to maybe the examples you gave of like, oh, a school or like the mall when it's not in – I almost said in session. The mall's in session. <laughs> the mall's you know, <laughs> out, not – public hours aren't available. But yeah, for video games, it's something that's unintentional. Um, is this something you think about often? Is this like a new thing that's been rolling around? Um, I mean it's like something that like I always kind of – played around with in, in yeah. a video game where I would just like go backwards and just like check out the world that is no longer meant for me to be in. Yes. Um, within that video game or um, 
Uh, and like, or it's something that I would do, like, for example, when I was playing co-op games and like just not doing what was intended and just hanging out like in other parts of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, just find it, find that whole concept so interesting. Yeah. And, Is, does it yeah. have to do, what's, what's the interesting thing about it for you? Because I'm sort of thinking of why that's fascinating to me again having just been presented with this idea for me i would speculate that it has something to do with like just experiencing the world like you i'm probably just echoing you at this point but in in a way you didn't intend like oh it's you're you're playing halo and instead of doing like a a big match with a bunch of people you're just sort of walking around a map and just like look checking out the details um but i'm yeah. curious for you like what it is it's I don't know. It's kind of like like we've said fascinating over and over, but it's like just so fascinating. It's not like a sense of comfort or even like a sense of unease. It's just. Yeah, I wish I could dig into it more. I brought up the topic, but I just like I, I <laughs> just I want people to think about it, I guess. <laughs> well, hey, and you bringing it up here, people are going to hear about it more if they haven't already. And that's just going to spark that's going to spark some conversation or thought process for them. Uh, and you didn't have to have a perfect answer, so don't worry about it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll keep that on the brain and I'll text you if it ever comes up or if you ever think about it again, feel free to message me. Um, well, Nicole, thank you for diving into a little bit about your history with video games in general and then some a big thinker for us to bring home. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and take a quick break um, for an ad, and then when we come back, we'll talk about all things The Sims. So I'll see you on the other side. Jeremy Schmidt, and I'd like to tell you about my podcast, Video Games, a Comedy Show. This is, you guessed it, a comedy show about video games. Every episode, a panel of video game-liking comedians discusses a brand new topic, the games they've been playing, and best of all, the news. Are there bits? Arguably way too many. If you like to laugh and or like to play video games, check out Video Games, a Comedy Show, anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, I am your host, Connor McCabe, here with Nicole. Right back to talk about The Sims 1. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, during the break, I uh, call, my boyfriend was playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, yes. And he's like, I can't figure this thing out. And I'm like, have you tried setting a fire so you could create an updraft so you can glide to where you need to be? And he's like... That's genius. So backseat gamer for life, baby. Hey, we got a live, uh, like an on pod backseat gaming moment. Uh, yeah, and that's just that's just you being helpful and thinking outside the bun. So just trying to outside the bun. Yeah, uh, just I don't know why I had to Is reference. Is that a Taco Burger Bell. King re- or Taco Bell? I, I think it's a Taco Bell reference <laughs> from like a, a, a ad campaign they had years ago. If they're not sponsoring you, you should uh, be careful because they might see you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but if they'd want to, uh, fully available for that, uh, I think I still stand by that my, f- my favorite personal fast food item, 
uh, and this is the best tangent we've ever been on, uh, <laughs> is the cheesy gordita crunch. Uh, if oh, I were to have yes. one fast food item in the world, that is just my personal favorite. Do you, if, could you pick one if you like fast food? Oh, I love fast food. Um, uh, let's see. I, uh, I, McDonald's needs to bring back their snack wraps because they used to have like a one that had chicken in it and it was like a small little snack roll. Mm. Uh, it was great. I will start that campaign if I need to just bring back the snack wraps. Okay. They got rid of it when they uh, like pared down their menu and like said, we have too much stuff. And I'm like, that's no, that was one of the things that was one of the only things I would eat. Gosh. So. Uh Bring back the chicken snack wrap or the whole line of them. Uh, those sound familiar, although I don't know if I even had one. But thank you for going down. Uh, that's my favorite segment of the show is when we talk about our favorite fast food item. Uh, it's, of course, do it every episode. But, Nicole, we're back. So before we get into your uh, like anything you want to share about The Sims, we're going to set the table a little bit for the listener as much as they're probably very familiar with this game and this franchise. Um So, like I told you before, I'm just going to be sort of – or maybe I didn't. I'm just going to be reading off some very basic, uh, like, uh, text of what the details of this game and the release were. So, feel free to jump in at any moment. Sounds good. Were you like, uh, do you mean now? Uh, All right. I'll go ahead (laughs) and kick us off. yeah, (laughs) okay. All right. So, The Sims, a.k.a. Sims 1 is a strategic life simulation video game developed, uh, as Nicole told us, by Maxis and published by Electronic Arts, a.k.a. EA, in 2000. Uh, It's a simulation of the daily activities of one or more virtual people, also known as Sims, in a suburban household near a fictional city. Players control customizable Sims as they pursue career and relationship goals. Players can also use their Sims income to renovate their living space, purchase home furnishings, or clothing for their household. Players can also choose to pursue a social and successful life. Uh, Or I guess unsuccessful, depending on how you look at it. Uh, The game's development was led by Will Wright, who I think you also brought uh, Mm -hmm. brought him up earlier. Um, Yeah. And the game was a follow-up to his earlier SimCity series, which is also widely popular. Um, Wright was inspired to create the game by Christopher Alexander's 1977 book, A Pattern Language, and Scott McCloud's 1993 book, Understanding Comics. Uh, Later, both played a role in the game's design. Couldn't even tell you what they are. Didn't look them up before. That's Well, I'm going to look it up after because that's interesting. (laughs) Now we've got a required reading on the show. Um, seven expansion packs were released from 2000 to 2003 for this game, uh, each of which added new items, characters, skins, and features. Upon release, it garnered widespread critical acclaim and was described by Wright as being successful in attracting casual and female gamers. It also won several awards and placed 31st on Time's The 50 Best Video Games of All Time lists, and several sequels were released. Uh, the Sims 2, 3, and four, which is the current one that's been out for eight years now, since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, Sims uh, Five was announced not too long ago. Oh my gosh! I don't. I think I totally missed that. Yeah, I think it's a mistake, but that's just my own opinion. Are you Are you just of the thought process like let's just keep this one we have going and build on that, or? Um. Yeah, I think so. Well, no, this is the longest uh, gap between Sims, I think, uh, like since it started. So maybe we are due for a new one. But I I think 
Also, it might be that I bought Sims 4 literally only two years ago. <laughs> um, so I'm so behind and I'm not yes. ready to emotionally prepare like for a brand new world that I only just got the hold of. You still have a lot of Sims 4 to experience. And hopefully the game doesn't come out for a while for you so that you can just do that and not have the just the, I guess, the shadow looming over you of Sims 5 or what? <laughs> I guess that's how I want to say Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit. I think I think that's what I'm why I'm like, wait, just wait for me. <laughs> yes. Um this game before we get into it for you just to sort of wrap this up is it's just one of the most popular series of all time. This Sims game was the first to kick off this the most popular version of the Sims that we know, which are these life simulation sort of dollhouse-esque video games. Uh and another interesting thing that I saw that I was reminded of doing a little research was about the expansion packs. Those are fairly common now with all sorts of games. Uh, mm-hmm. And but this was very much The Sims. Uh, it may, they, there may have been this thing for games before, but this was, I think, what popularized it or made it more common. Um, um, did you have any Nicole? Any sort of like baseline table setting? facts about this game or or like uh, bullet points that we need to get out before we get into your Um, experience i mean like i think uh it should be important to note that i i'm pretty sure it was the best-selling pc game of all time until the sims 2 yes and i i don't know what beat it after that but um that little factoid is like kind of amazing to me because like, you know, when you're that age and you're playing games like that, I play that game like a lot, like intensely. Yeah. Um, It's kind of hard to like, or wild to realize like, oh yeah, other people all over were experiencing this the same too. But I was just like kind of isolated to my computer and my little world. Yes. Um, it feels so personal, but no, it's like kind of, I'm universal in a way. J- it's it is interesting though when you especially as a kid but pre I mean we had the internet growing up uh but it was not what it is today you were connected with people but not over connected like we are now yeah um, so it was I think uh, pretty common for people to have a similar experience where it's like oh I feel like th- I'm just doing this it's like an isolated experience where you actually probably have a lot more in common with other people uh yeah. And uh, um, another thing that like I noticed or that I uh, read about when I was like just kind of refamiliarizing myself with the series is uh, the creators of Sims 3 or no. No. Okay. When uh, the Sims got ported to other consoles, mm. um, they said that they noticed that there was a difference in the way that people were playing it. Oh. So like um, – when you're on a PC, you're playing it for yourself. So you tended, you could be a little more deviant with how you play. Yes. Uh, you could like torture your Sims or you could create these like situations that were uh, kind of ridiculous, um, like making your Sims have a lot of affairs and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but when it was put on the video game, like consoles you were playing in a living room and probably playing for the like other people's. Oh, Yes like to watch so like you would just play it more to an audience than to yourself so i was just that made me like realize like 
Oh yeah, The Sims was just kind of kind of a very personal experience for people um, because they were like playing something that no one else was really watching. <laughs> yes, very personal indeed, and pro and private in a lot of ways too. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. just to have the freedom to mess around with the game however you want and not worry about what other people are gonna think because hopefully no one's seeing it um, <laughs> unless you're sharing it with people. Uh, very cool. That's a that was that's. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, but I would love to get into your experience with this game, and uh, I want to lead off with uh, hearing about how you heard about this game, or or when you first got it, if you remember any of those details. Yeah, I um, I didn't hear about it. It just appeared in my life by way of um, having to go to my dad's work. Oh. Um, in the summer, like as a kid, because they didn't have, we didn't have a babysitter, I guess, or I, yes. I wasn't in summer school. So me and my brother, and I think my sister would have to, uh, like go with him to work. And I think it was like, no, it was, he would go into work on the weekends. That's what it was. And it was, um, nobody else was around. There was yes. nobody in that office building. And it was the kind of the classic office space style, like mm -hmm. cubicle setting. Um, and speaking of liminal places, like, yeah, it was just completely oh, yeah. empty. <laughs> um, and my dad, in order to like keep us kids entertained, like, and the way like it, he he got us some video games, because mm. um, before that it was just me and my brother like pushing around office chairs down like the wheelchair ramps and like nearly <laughs> breaking our arms and stuff like that. Yes, um, or just causing havoc, stealing stuff from people's desks. Um, so <laughs> he finally found a way to like keep us just kind of occupied and entertained. Um, and it was by um, installing a bootleg version of The Sims uh, oh, yes. on uh, one of the computers that weren't being used by like any by a worker there. I love so, it. So, yeah. And my dad, like he's like a programmer, so he hmm. was able to like get almost all of them like bootlegs. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I in the early days, I did not pay for the Sims. Yes. Uh, well, that's your uh, small act of rebellion. Um, <laughs> I I love those details. I there I too I can relate to the going to like a parent's work when it's not actually work hours thing, whether it be going with my mom to my mom was a cardiac nurse, but like going to their like office area or going with my best friend, Eddie. Before that, you were talking about like summer break at school. Before school had kicked back into session, his mom was like the computer lab teacher, uh, and all the programs there. She was like a total wizard at. But we, I remember a few weeks where we would go in and just bring all the computer games we had on disc and like just install them on these computers and just play all day or go outside and play. So there's something about being brought to like your parents' work like that that is I. I'm just happy to connect on that. And it's fun to hear yeah. that from you. So that's how you got introduced to it is what you're saying. That's like my first oh, cool. memory of it. It was just like playing it for hours while my dad was was trying to get some weekend work done. I love it. Um, do you remember any other games that uh, you would have been playing at the that like he also brought for you? Um, no, none that I like. Oh, wait, I think maybe... There was like a 
Greek civilization okay, yes. game. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but it I remember- It may be called Civilization. I think it was Civilization. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because uh, I've seen like Civ Four is a big game. Um, and I was like, this looks familiar, but I've definitely never played that. So I'm pretty sure, yeah, it was Civilization. Okay. Um, and uh, that was, I wasn't really into that. I think my brother tried playing it. Um, and then the other games that I would play were the ones that came with Windows 95. Yes. Oh, I loved nice. pinball. I played Minesweeper. I didn't understand how Minesweeper worked, but yes. I knew that if I pressed the buttons, think like it would things would happen, and it was kind of fun. Yes. Um, but would quickly get bored, and then me and my brother would risk our lives by <laughs> throwing each other's <laughs> like down the wheelchair ramp. And your father's like, "There's only one solution for this. Uh, that's that is." We're already getting so many fun details. Um, did you end up bringing The Sims uh, back home with you as well? And did you play there? Or was it only a thing at this office building? I think it started mainly at the office. Yeah. And it would be like I would be very excited to be there for the late hours that like my yeah. dad would do it. But uh, but we did eventually bring it home. And it was on a shared computer, a computer that me and my sister shared. Mm. My brother got his own because he like just even from that early on, like when he was eight, he was already a, a big video gamer. OK, <laughs> so like they, we were all right with that. Are you the middle child? Are you the yeah. oldest? OK, cool. I was just I was just sort of curious for like the context there. Um so you you would play on one that you and your sister would share. Mhm. And you do uh, she would play the Sims and I like we would share the the neighborhoods and stuff like that. Oh fun. Um yeah. can you sort of uh scene paint for me a little bit where this computer was set up and like if if you remember any details about the room? Yeah. Um wood paneling. Hell which- yeah. Uh, I still have a soft spot for wood paneling. When we, uh, when me and my boyfriend moved in together, I tried to convince him to do this office at uh, like wood paneling yeah. style, and he was like, "We can look into it." Turns out it's expensive, oh. which is tra- tragic. So, so we just painted it, and it looks good. Uh, but there was wood paneling. It looks great. Uh, me and my sister had bunk beds. Uh, yes, it was like a corner bunk bed where like they were. Um, perpendicular to each other instead okay. of stacked right on top so mm-hmm. that 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 was good um uh <laughs> the little wall i was on the bottom bunk the little wall next to me i would have collage with um my favorite boy band at the yeah. time which i'm pretty sure was in sync nice uh and maybe some britney spears stuff um and the computer was like right next to the door. Okay. Um. So like, if you entered the room, you would see the side of the computer and like someone sitting there. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I love that. Um, was this a? It was here in L.A., right? Yes. Um. Yeah. Very in San cool. Pedro. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh. Yeah. I just love to like. Uh, here, uh, for some reason, the scene painting that I make people do sometimes at these spaces really can bring you back to, I mean, you were talking about the, uh, wood paneling and I was, this is unrelated to this discussion mostly, (laughs) but I was at, uh, Ye Rustic Inn on like Friday. And when I was sitting there, I was talking to, uh, mock improv alumni, David Danella, um, who's also been (laughs) on this show many moons ago. And I was just looking at the paneling 
And I just was like, wow, they don't make a, they don't make places like this anymore and they never would. And B, I was like amazed that it's still there. Uh, and so there yeah, was just very something grateful about the that aesthetic. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I miss, I, I know that people and they're right. Wood paneling is atrocious. Yeah. I miss it, man. <laughs> there is something about like my, my grandparents had these like nasty shag carpets growing up. But I loved those things. I like I think looking I probably look back on them more fondly than I even enjoyed them at the time. But there is I think it has a lot to do with like nostalgia, like we've been discussing. Um yeah. and <laughs> just a familiarity and probably something that's just so much less common. But um but thank you for doing a little scene painting for me. Um what I also want to know is about the game, what do you remember enjoying about the game? Or uh, whether it be like uh broad gameplay features or like specific things you used to do um i mean god there's so much about the sims that that like i love i loved as a kid um so like i think i was i was nine or ten at the time nice. and i don't know i guess i i was over barbies at that point so i wanted the next best thing which was uh digital dolls. barbies <laughs> yeah digital barbies um but i loved like being able to customize everything oh like modding was mm. something that I got into both on the Sims and the Sims too, but the Sims, like I, like I made my own custom clothes. I downloaded custom items and stuff. I learned how I, I think I may have like unintentionally learned a little programming. Oh, wow. Following in your father's footsteps. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> he was proud. He really, really loved that. <laughs> um, and I loved uh, like just building it was just a big game of imagination where i was just like kind of creating this world and the sims had its limitations like with this how far things could get like you could marry your sims but they didn't age they didn't um die unless like die from old age or anything yes. like that kids were permanently stuck as kids unless oh. you did a mod or something like that um but like, even with those limitations, I was, like, just creating, like, really complex, like, gay, like stories in them. That's yeah. really fun. And I, yeah. I think it was, like, a really fun thing that you could just sort of project whatever you wanted into it. Yeah. Um, and when you, you know, you're getting into the, a little bit of the, when you're talking about projecting what you want into it or the stories, would it be something as simple as like, oh, you had just kind of had like your Sims and this is what they did. Or were you creating stories for them of like, this is happening. And then this, I'm just sort of curious. Yeah, I think a little bit like that. Like um, if a sit <laughs> like uh, the most common thing, I don't know if I did it like when I first played it because I was pretty young, but uh, definitely like when like later on and then when sims 2 came out and then now with sims 4 oh i'm making everybody into very like dramatic love triangles <laughs> and yes. like everyone's cheating on each other or they're secretly in love with somebody else or something like that so it was um uh, like for the original sims like it, it they wouldn't show that like explicitly so like i would have to like make them kiss and then like uh then make them argue and then i would have to like fill in the blanks as to like why they were doing that yeah um, but yeah it was storytelling all just already. <laughs> yeah it was um all yeah it was all just like a very fun make-believe and then every expansion pack that they added on to that like it was still 
expand the game, but still like leave room for you to to make stuff up for it as to what why everything's happening. Um, and that's probably like just the game limitations itself. But I think mm-hmm. I look at it as a feature. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That reminds me so much of um, of like reading books as a kid and sort of projecting like like specifically, I remember reading the first couple Harry Potter books as a kid and that's like a, I think eight, nine, ten years old or so. And when I would read the books, I would imagine like my school, but like with like a sort of a Hogwarts co- coat of pinks, it was what was familiar to me. Um, so it's sort of fun to hear you do that in a different way with like your Sims and yeah, and like sort of uh, filling in those gaps that you were talking mm-hmm. about. That's so uh, fun and familiar to me. Um, yeah. As far as the game goes at all, um, like, do you were there if you look back do you remember like and this might be a little too specific like specific sims you had or like any if there was like a standout like moment i don't know of like this <laughs> experience with this first game does anything stick out to you or if it's just like oh i created a house that i liked um well i mean i i think every sims player does this at one point yes. Uh, they will create their own life, like their yeah. own home, their own family, or like create a, a sim with them and their crush. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh, I did that. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, but because me and my sister were playing it, even though she knew none of my friends, she was three years older than me. She would like, there was no one that she like would know that like outside of my friends that I like brought home and stuff like that. Yes. Um. But like I would change their name slightly, uh, so oh, that good. way, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I created a lot of real people, and then um, I think at some point in my my in like my time playing, I think somebody told me like, "Oh, that's bad luck. You're uh, like you're gonna like affect somebody's life. It's gonna be like a voodoo doll situation." <laughs> And that scared me enough to where, like, I was like, I deleted all of the families that I made oh, and, like, no. that were real. And I was like, I don't want anyone to get hurt ever. Um, until years later, when my sister was dating um, a guy that I hated, mm. I thought he was a very bad person. Um, I made him in the game and I made them break up. I didn't kill him, I made yes. them break up. Using, and then they did break up. So you're using the object. The object became the way, and you used this new knowledge to uh, to to make it happen in the world. That's that's so funny. It's also funny what like as kids we can convince ourselves, or others can convince us of uh, something like that. Example you gave is it's just so funny. <laughs> um, uh, were you sorry? Were you about to say something else? Um. Yeah, so another fun little anecdote that I have about like sharing that game with the with my sister. Um, I think she may have been the first person to have any idea that I was queer in any way. Yeah, (laughs) Um, because I had quite a few Sims that were just like in same sex relationships. Yes, and I remember one time like she saw it and she like called me into the room and she's like, "Is this because we just watched Rent, (laughs) Uh, the musical?" (laughs) 
And I was like, yeah, I think so. And it was like, no, I just wanted to see boys. And, like, I wanted to see girls kissing. I wanted to see boys kissing. I wanted yes. everyone to be kissing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I the, the Sims is interesting in that way because I think it is one of the first video games to, like, have outwardly queer relationships in them. Yeah, um, that's so and- interesting to hear because and to think about because it's still a thing that like some franchises or whatever that allow for like dating options or life sim stuff. They're like, oh, just in the most recent one, they allowed you to like be in a same sex relationship or or this and that. So it's like this game was made in 2000. That's a that's really cool that it wasn't like a roadblock. Maybe they didn't think about it which was good <laughs> well this is this it. is a fun fact that <gasps> uh they it was an accident that they oh, that included same-sex relationships in there because when they were playing it at the um electronics expo or mm-hmm. the gaming expo one of those yeah. um they they did a demo of it and in the demo a glitch happened where two two women characters kissed And uh, they were like, that wasn't supposed to happen. But the feedback was so positive (laughs) that they're like, okay, yeah, this is in The Sims now. You're right. Like everyone, everyone love everyone. (laughs) Gosh, suddenly I'm glad there's a bunch of just uh, horny, lonely men at this conference uh, watching this. (laughs) Um, That's that's that is a fun fact. Uh, That's amazing. Um, yeah, unintentional I, queer rights icon, The Sims. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Will. Uh, Will Wright, uh, uh, on accident. <laughs> um, I want to hear a little bit about if there's any more like um, life context or specific moment details that you might have. You already have given a lot of of scene painting, both the office that you were started at, and then at uh, and then at your you know your bedroom that you shared with your sister. But is, is there any other stuff, whether broad or specific, that you remember about this time that you wanted to bring up today? Um, let's see. It's um. Are you gonna leave this whole gap of silence in the edit in your? If I can definitely direct Jeremy to edit something out, but it's totally okay. Okay. Because, like, I, I, like, really want to think about it for a second. Um, yeah, feel free. The, I mean, I, I've said before that, like, it was, um, like, kind of an isolating experience, but also mm. so universal, too. Um, but, no, I do remember, like, having friends that I played The Sims with, too. I remember there was, oh, cool. like, a sleepover where somebody had a... The Sims Hot Date, which oh, was nice. the, one of their expansion packs, and they're like, "We're gonna install it. We're gonna play it," and we <laughs> did, and it was like really fun. Like, kind of, it feels like a quintessential like sleepover experience. Even though, like, I, I mean, as I talk about it, it doesn't feel like that universal. But like, um, I hope if anybody makes any movies uh that take place in the early 2000s that has a sleepover in it they include a bunch of girls playing the sims yes i think that would be like very accurate and it would like really turn like turn on some light in a lot of people's heads who like remember this totally there's so much uh 
that's like such a fun specific aspect, especially, you know, like kids getting together at a sleepover. There's, it, there's already like it's already ripe for not necessarily mischief, but like a little bit of freedom uh, and um, maybe exploration, whether it's being silly or goofy or whatever, what have you. So it's no surprise to me that it was like that hot date was specifically the excite, the exciting <laughs> expansion for that. That's amazing. Well, yeah, you could. Uh, it's called Woohoo now, but it's uh, back in the first games. They called uh, any sort of implication of sex uh, play. Oh, no way. Yeah. So like you can play with somebody in the heart shaped vibrational bed and or you could play with somebody in the hot tub. It's um, thinking back. No, the, the Sims like there were some references in there that were very spicy for children that were uh in their tweens. Oh my gosh, sound spicy. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Um, do is do you was that pretty much what you remember from that like sleepover? Or were there any any other details you wanted to bring up from that? Um, just that like I don't know. It was a weird. I don't know if it's weird actually. I think it was just like something really relatable that like. Yeah. Uh, I've always, like, kind of had, especially as a kid, like, just, like, going through puberty and stuff, like, trouble connecting with other people, yeah. um, especially, like, my peers, just because I was I was very socially anxious. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I was saying the right thing. And I think The Sims and video games in general, like, kind of gave people a language to, like, talk to each other about. Yeah, because like video games, they have a specific set of rules. There's a, like a way that you there's a certain way that you can play it. And like if someone is familiar with the same game as you, then you suddenly have a lot to talk about. Um, so The Sims like really helped me relate to other people if we were just talking about The Sims like we're doing now. Yeah, I that's really sweet. Uh, I I love hearing that. Um, well, Nicole, as we sort of reach the end of our conversation and you, you kind of just did it a bit for me, I just wanted to leave some space open for you before we move on to the end of the show segments. Um, if either you'd like to put a bow on whatever this game, whatever space this game held for you, or if there was anything you didn't get to mention today about The Sims, um, either or both if you wanted to talk about either of those things. Um, just a... I, there, there was like one part that I wanted to talk about. This, yeah, uh, the celebrity cameos. Oh, were I didn't kind know of about wild. This. Oh my gosh! In um, the Sims house party, if you threw a successful party, like it was, so if you threw an unsuccessful party, a mime would show up and just <laughs> make everybody feel uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> but if you threw a successful party, a party that was big and that everybody was like, "This is the the coolest thing. We're going crazy. We're having such a good time," a special celebrity guest would appear. And that was Drew Carey. No way. Like yeah. always Drew Carey? Always Drew Carey. Oh, yeah. He was he was how you knew that you threw a good party. Drew oh Carey gosh. would show up. Man, that's so, just setting unrealistic expectations for kids someday. Uh that is so funny. It's um just a fun little because nobody remembers. Like very yes. few people remember this detail about the game. Maybe it's because it was hard to throw a successful party, which honestly it was. But if you threw yeah. it really well, Drew Carey, and sometimes uh, people in in astronaut suit would jump show up because <laughs> like that's how you know you're at a good party. An astronaut shows up, but like yeah, um, 
if if anyone takes anything away from this, just remember that the celebrity tie-ins were very fun. Uh, in one of the expansion packs, I think it was called Sim Superstar, um, and this this like puts a fun little date on oh. on when this game comes out. Um, it was Christina Aguilera in her dirty era. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good era, and then also Avril Lavigne. Oh hell yeah! Made a small appearance, and then um, out of left field. Uh, I forget his name, but the bassist for Bon Jovi. I couldn't tell you either, but I know just a real random one. He was also uh, an NPC that would show up, and uh, and then and then John Bon Jovi would also be there too. Okay, Uh, (laughs) that would have been funny if Bon Jovi wasn't in it. (laughs) I know, but also like the bassist, like he, I feel like he showed up way more than the others, but yeah. So um, just the, the. the celebrity tie-in of the sequels of uh, the first expansion packs were just so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really goofy. Uh, especially as kids, you know, I guess the way we would have probably known about Drew Carey was through Whose Line. And yeah, it it was Whose Line for me for sure. <laughs> that had to be it. Um, and that's how you know he's a party guy because yes. he can come up with stuff off the top of his head and really keep people entertained. It's not only like a a. a, a a mark of a successful party, but it's going to keep going if he shows up. Yeah. Um, and maybe you'll play a game of party quirks. Oh, what a dream. Well, um, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on to, you know, share about this game and your experience with the Sims. Um, this was so much fun and the details we got were a blast. Uh, I do have two fun post-show segments prepared for you based on you okay. choosing this game. Uh, the first of which is the fact me by your game segment. And this is just where I'm going to share a couple of fun facts about this game uh, with you today. Um, on this segment, sometimes I share like cheat codes, Easter eggs. Uh, these are just facts coming from the uh, YouTube channel. Did you know gaming? They have a great video on the Sims where these two you'll see in there. But if you want to hear some more fun stuff about the original game uh, and then some of the history of the series, it's there as well. Um first one I have is titled The Game That Almost Never Was. Now, mm. the original idea for The Sims was a personal side project for SimCity creator, who we've been talking about a little bit, Will Wright. Um, but this game was almost never published. Now, after spending time at home with his newborn daughter, Will Wright got the idea for a simulation uh, for the behavior of the mo- modern human family. Um, after pitching this idea, it was seen as a major gamble, and the higher-ups at EA saw the game as having no appeal, which is, in retrospect, hilarious. Um, but however, after the success of the next game that would come out, SimCity 3000, I think that he got a little more uh, leeway to uh, for his ideas, because he had built up such a strong resume, and pitched the idea, and it was given the thumbs up. But there's like a whole universe where this never comes out, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that's wild. I, um, what would I do? I, I don't know. Who would, who would we even be today? Who, but I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would be this person. Yeah, it's, it's, fu- it's just a funky idea uh, how some ideas, like before they're actually out and in motion, can seem like a total gamble. And, and, um, and then others that seem like a sure thing don't plan out. But that was the first fact. The second one, uh, we'll see how. Oh, I realize uh, I have this titled a very basic title. Haters gonna hate. Uh, mm-hmm. So now, not long after the Sims 2 release, 
U.S. anti-video game activist, which apparently is the type of person, Jack Thompson, alleged. Yep, that the, I remember. Oh, you him. know about this? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate Jack Thompson. It was a he was the a dark figure in your life for a point. Uh, uh, for yeah. <laughs> so this guy alleged that the that the Sims uh, exposed explicit and adult related content to children. Um, as if they couldn't get that from anywhere else in the world. Uh, he claimed that the game featured detailed nudity behind the blur that appears on naked bodies of the Sims in the game. Yeah, there's just like a classic, like as if you're watching a cartoon or live te- – not live television because you'd see it, but television where there's a blur in front of nudity. That's what would appear. Um, and uh, E! Electronic Arts executive Jeff Brown rejected the claim and said that the anatomy of a Sim is that of a doll uh, under the blur – with little to no detail. And this was eventually proven by um, by a cheat code that allowed you to see to remove the blur, which I'm oh, guessing you maybe I'm knew about. I'm familiar with. <laughs> um, so it is move underscore objects. There we are. Um, and you would, while the Sims are playing in the vibrational bed, yes. uh, you would pause the game, turn on move objects, grab the bed, and you can shift the bed, but the Sims would stay in the same place. Oh. And you can see them without the pixelation. And yes, it's exactly what he described. It's just, there's no nipples. There's no genitalia. It's just uh, them, and they're they're not even really doing anything. They're just kind of like hugging, but it looks <laughs> upsetting, honestly, because uh, the way that they fit them in there, they had to bend their legs backwards. Oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they look contorted and horrifying. But for a very curious tween, uh, this was a fun thing to do. <laughs> That's so funny. I definitely remember hearing about people doing this. I didn't play this game growing up, but I've heard about this forever. Uh, that's so funny. Um, but that and all- Jack Thompson, yeah. big figure. I mean, you've had to have talked to him, talked to him, talk about him Favorite before, Favorite guest right? I've ever had on the show. Uh, I can't. Oh my God, um, you actually, should get him. No, I mean, there's a chance. Uh, honestly, this is episode 141. I... There's a chance it's come up, but not off the top of my brain. He was a big bad guy when it came to video games. He tried to ban uh, Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, because of the coffee mod. Um, He tried to ban Bully because he said that it would uh, encourage school shootings. Okay. And uh, there's plenty of other games that, like, around that era that he tried to, like, ban. And I remember... Me and my brother, because like my brother loved Bully and uh, Grand Theft Auto, yeah. um, we would both like curse to the heavens, like Jack Thompson. Yes. Like whenever we were upset about something, like we stubbed our toe, we'd be like, "It's Jack Thompson's fault." <laughs> That's amazing. It, who knew this uh, this uh, this frustrating man could bring the Viella siblings together? But but it happened. Uh, mm-hmm. It definitely did. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, so that'll do it for the Factory by Your Game segment. I'll lead us into the final one, the game recommendations. Now, this is my one forced tie into the movie, Call Me By Your Name, where I'm going to treat The Sims as your passionate uh, summer love in, that you had in Italy that eventually is not going to work out, and you're going to move on to different relationships. And so I'm going to throw out a few possible uh, connections for you based on this game and that have uh, the occasional uh, detail in common. Um 
So the first I have of the three is uh, if you like your Sims, but instead of, you know, a simulation, you'd rather make movies with Sim-looking characters, I'll recommend a game from the mid-2000s called The Movies, which is from 2005. Um, the And just the characters in the game look very similar to The Sims, from what I can remember. Guess what? Have you played this? I did. Oh, nice. I got that game for Christmas that year. Yes, and it, not made by the same company. In fact, when I was... That was one of the first games I thought to recommend, but I was like, I was surprised to find it was different, but that's amazing. Yeah, the box art looks very similar, and I think probably that's why I wanted it, but uh, yeah, it, I um, I remember that game. I don't remember too much about it because I think I quickly returned back to The Sims. Yes. Uh, but... Yeah, I there's like some memories of like being on a studio lot because it's yeah. supposed to be uh, sort of like during the golden age of film studios. Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, yeah. And like there would be like classic Hollywood like s- character stars and stuff. And um, yeah, just. It it was it was a neat game. Yeah, I I had played. Me and my best friend were interested in this because we had like a, a much more primitive movie making three D movie making software, uh, which was actually really funny. Gave you so much more freedom than this. So when we played the movies, we were actually disappointed that there was like so much. It ended up being a pretty cool game, but I think we just couldn't stop thinking about a different game. Uh, yeah. So that's the first recommendation. The second. Which uh, it sounds like you, you've actually already said you like at least one game in the series. If you like your Sims, but you want to farm it up instead, I was going to recommend Harvest Moon for the Nintendo 64. Oh, boy. I Yeah, I played that game, too. <laughs> Amazing. We talked about Stardew Valley, too. It, that, that popped up in my brain, but I was like, that one will be too obvious. But you played this, too. Uh, okay, great. I love that. And the final <laughs> recommendation for you is if, you know, you're tired of your people, your Sims... You'd rather have a, a some sort of dinosaur simulation. I'll oh recommend to you Jurassic World Evolution. And this is a game where this is a lot more similar to like a roller coaster tycoon where you set up a Jurassic Park basically and you set like the prices for concessions, the attractions. So this is an option for you as well. I well I've seen Jurassic Park all of them. They all seem to go so poorly. Yes. I I wonder, because I didn't look up enough about this game. I wonder if, like, inevitably that's what happens and the aftermath is part of it, but I don't know for sure. Um, I would love it if there was, like, The Sims, but for but just everything is dinosaurs. That's really, that's an amazing game, I think. Yeah. Um, Let's write Will Wright and see if he can make it happen. Yeah. As a, a nice swan song for the guy. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's still making games. Uh, yeah, no, I think he. Well, he could retire if he wants. Yeah. So I'll I'll just go down the list again of your recommendations today. We have the movies from 2005, Harvest Moon from the Nintendo 64, and Jurassic World Evolution. That'll go ahead and wrap up the game recommendations, and that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we go and plug whatever we want, I just wanted to say thanks again for joining Nicole. This was really fun to just chat with you and hear about your experience. Thanks for having me. I uh, really loved recalling that uh, wood paneling. Yes. (laughs) The highlight for both of us, I'm sure. 
I hope it comes back, even though, again, it is objectively atrocious. I think the world could use some wood paneling again. Yeah, the, definitely the message from this episode of the show. <laughs> um, well, on your way out, I know you got to plug some stuff up top, but feel free to replug things or anything you forgot. Um. Hey, uh, my name's Nicole. I uh, love the world. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't remember anything that I like all of a sudden. Um, but follow me on Itchy Brained on TikTok, Instagram, maybe other platforms one day. Um, I do comedy stuff, so I, you can follow me on there and I will update you on what things I create. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, thank you. And I'll go ahead and just uh, close this out with some plugs of my own. Um, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find Glenn and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J A Y. The show is produced and edited by Jeremy Schmidt. You can uh, give him a thank you by checking out his podcast, Video Games, a Comedy Show, more of a roundtable style uh, group uh, podcast that is also a part of this network. Uh, there's plenty of familiar faces who have been on that show. Uh, you can also follow me on social media, Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, I've been, I stream on Twitch occasionally at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And that's C O N Z. And then lastly, like I said up top, consider checking us out on Patreon. If you like me and the discussions I have with people about video games, you're going to like a good percentage of what you find there. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, and if you subscribe to us um, uh, at any tier, you get bonus podcasts. But at the $10 DJ Toad tier, you get a monthly version of this show, the co-op series, where I sit down with a group of people and talk about a meaningful game to the group of us. We just had a wonderful episode that's actually in this free feed. It's the episode before this one. Normally, they stay behind the paywall, but this is fully available for you to hear, where I talk with Courtney Venez and Jacob Geller all about uh, The Last Guardian, uh, the the, fi the final, the most recent game from the creator of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. Um, that's there. We are upcoming in December. We've got one on the new God of War Ragnarok. So there's so much bonus stuff there. That's gonna There's going to be 30 of those by the end of the year. And that's just that show that you have bonuses of. Um, but yeah, check us out at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.